You know, okay, you know what? Disclaimer, I'm going to put it out there from now. <laughs> I, I wasn't even going to bring it up, but now Nan's bringing it up to prevent himself being flames on the, on the podcast. Like, he, he could tell. I just looked at him and he could tell. Cause it, and the funny thing is, it's the thought that was going through my mind. Oh my gosh, let me just sip a bit of water oh. before I... So do you want to know why Uncle Tass is a snake? Because he relegated me from doing the introduction. Says, oh, he's going to do the introduction. Pulls out his phone and starts reading from his phone. So obviously that's something you guys won't be able to see. Listen, there, there, there's, there's going to be a camera soon. So there's going to be video footage or everything. Like, right now, do you want me to tell them that you're naked in the, in the living room? <laughs> <laughs> like, my bro, my bro. Like, you just got on boxer shorts. Like, I feel very uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable work environment. Welcome back to the Top Bins Podcast. The top talking points, the top analysis, and the top goals from the Premier League. You know what that is? It's Top Bins. I'm your host, Uncle Tass, and I'm here with my co-host, Spaney. What's going on? And we're here to talk Premier League football. Premier League football is not officially back yet, but today we've got an interesting episode for you. We're going to review the Community Shield. Terrible result for your boys. Terrible. We'll get, we'll get into that. <laughs> and we're going to look ahead at the first 10 teams in the Premier League and our thoughts on how their seasons will go. But before that, how are you doing this weekend, Spainy? I'm good, you know. I'm good. Um, little worse for wear. Was that last night? Had a few few drinks. Um, but Alcoholic good. drinks? Uh, I played the fifth. We do not have that law in the UK, so... I... No comment. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, nah, it was a uh, was a couple. Um, felt a bit muggy this morning, but I'm good now. We're here. I've got my water in my red cup, as you can see, bringing the uh, party vibes into the podcast this morning. But yeah, now nah, I'm good. I'm good. What are you telling me? You know what? Life's life's life's, life's okay. <laughs> I was gonna say life's good. Were to Drake and Future, but I thought nah, it's kind of like a late reference now. Like yeah, that song's a bit times past. Yeah. So it's all about love now, cry later laugh now that's all good how do we uh how do we move forward from this little dark album is dropping soon so looking forward to that <laughs> but let's get back to the football so jumping into it community shield what were your thoughts on the game you boys are terrible you boys were terrible that's you know what at the end of the game right i saw the stats 15 shots by you guys apparently I said, bitch, where? 15 shots, where? I did not see 15 attempts at Arsenal's goal yesterday. Listen, we played decent. Oh my God. All right, go on. We were sharper than them. They offered nothing except for a counter-attacking threat. The only thing we... Their goal came from working the ball out from uh, from a goal kick. It's not quite counter-attacking, is it? The only thing that was missing for us was our usual sharpness. So even though we were quite... We're fitter than them. And yeah, I was gonna say, even though you had a longer pre-season, my guy, we were we were fitter <laughs> than them, yes. So we had more match sharpness, but yeah. we weren't quite sharp. Mane, Salah, Firmino, they weren't quite Sa- on wait, the ball. Salah was playing. Yeah, he was p- pivotal to our goal, or did you miss that? Salah played. He was pivotal to our goal, or did you miss that? Oh, so he turned up for what thirty seconds and got us our goal. What did the Bamiyang do outside of his goal? Bro, I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> what, what, what? Do I care? Listen, listen. It's not about care. Like, speak the truth. Speak the truth and shame the devil. Bro, don't don't try to come at me like that. Like, listen, I, I, listen. I, I'll, I'll try to be as, as objective as possible, but I'm not going to let you talk crud on my team. I listen, can't lie to you. Hold on. Okay, so can I answer your question now? Okay, cool. I thought you looked pretty terrible can't lie I didn't see anything to be worried about Get, big man why are you trying to interrupt me already what's go, going no, on go 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 keep it going keep it going keep it going keep I didn't going. see anything that um, I didn't see a performance of champions to be honest and yeah okay people want to talk about season just finishing and rare 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 but I mean I honestly expected a bit more um, I feel Arsenal actually looked decent I feel especially in the first half I think the first five minutes or so first five ten minutes I think you guys looked like the more likely to potentially do something because you, I think you had more possession in the first couple of minutes and so we work, was working the ball relatively nicely but then Arsenal got into the game obviously got their goal on I think about 12 minutes and then after that it was kind of Arsenal for the rest of the half in my opinion um, 
obviously, as I alluded to, the goal was a pretty well-worked goal. Arsenal trying to play what Arteta's brought into the team, which is playing the ball out from the back a lot. And that came to great fruition in their goal, obviously playing out from Martinez, make, working its way out to... Um, Saka. Well, yeah, Bellerin and then who played it down the line to Saka. Beautiful ball across the field to um, Aubameyang, chest it down, cuts inside, which we always know he's going to do. Um, so I feel like Neko Williams could have done a bit better, but I think he had the overlapping run, which probably threw him off a bit. Um, obviously, young guy, not had much experience in the first team that I'm aware of anyway. I can't say I watch you guys all the time, but you could probably correct me there. Um, probably about his ninth, tenth game. Okay. Um, so yeah, not that experience then, which, okay, fine. You can kind of let him off on. Um, but then, yeah, obviously, Oba doing what he does best. Cuts inside, curls in a peach of a ball bottom, bottom right which was a great finish in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think from that point on, Arsenal um, looked the more likely to create something. Um, and Ketty had a decent charge, again, created from Saka. Ball finds his way out to the right. Um, Saka then cuts it back in on his right foot, arguably his weaker foot. Um, cuts it towards the edge of the box where Ketty takes it first time. It forced a good save out of um, Alisson. Um, and there were a couple other chances dotted here and there in the first half as well for Arsenal um, but yeah I think overall in the first half in particular anyway Arsenal I thought Arsenal looked good I thought Arsenal looked good and they've got something that they, they that Arteta's clearly building there um, and to think that some of their because I know obviously their new centre back well I guess it's not quite new now is he because they signed him last season but he was obviously sat on the bench um, so he's got, you've got him to look for Arsenal have got him to look forward to should I say um, but yeah then second half I think you guys obviously got into it a bit more and started to find your feet a bit so can I talk now so feel free basically what I saw and the reason why I say we weren't quite sharp is because it's the same pattern of play from when we played them in July we absolutely dominated them for 20 minutes we scored our opening goal and then went to sleep they were, they were playing in the low block the whole game but when we were sharp we cut through them with ease from then the remaining 70 minutes, we couldn't break them down. We were just lost devoid of ideas. Wait, are you suggesting that for nine, wait, um, what can I do my mouth? 70 minutes of the game, basically. Of, you the, were... of the game in the Premier League. Oh, okay, fine. Sorry. We couldn't break them down. And that's the same pattern of play from this game. Mm. Although we look okay in the first 10, I think 10 to 15 minutes, mm. we didn't look really sharp or incisive mm. and it wasn't until the second half where they started to tire a bit more that we looked a bit better and we looked like we had some ideas and we were creating a few bits and bobs but essentially we, we obviously it, it was close to our first team but the team without Trent Alexander Alexander Arnold looks completely different and everything was coming down the left and it was just Robertson was creating everything balls into the box and Arsenal were dealing with them well like that's what Arteta's done well. He's mm. set them up defensively. The, mm. the, the problems that Arsenal had before, they seem to have gotten rid of them. Mm. And they've always had the threat going forward because of players at like Abamyang and now Saka as well. He's proven mm. very, very good. I mean, I have a thing about him. Arsenal fans kind of overrate him a bit, which is why I, have, I need to balance it out a bit and say <laughs> he's a very, very good player. But just don't overrate him it makes me not want to like him and I like the you I like the kid you know what I I, I thought that myself uh, in bits throughout the season and then particularly after lockdown I started to think actually now they've got a player here and then yesterday's game again I thought personally he was my man of the match I know they gave it to um, Maitland Niles but he, he the, faded second after I can accept that but my problem is and the reason I feel sorry for players at times is because Let's say Nketiah finished that chance on the edge of the box. Let's say, I think he created a, maybe two other chances as well. Let's say any one of those goals went in and ended up being the winning goal. He would have got man of the match. Yeah, he, he, was, he was clear. He, he was clear I mean? in the first half. And so I think, I, I do feel sorry for players where you kind of say, contrary to obviously us saying that he faded off in the second half, if something out of his control happened in the first half, he would have got it. In that scenario, I say to myself, nah, I mean, don't get me wrong, Maitland Niles had a solid all-round game, but I mean, Saka was my man of the match, personally. Do you get what I mean? I thought he had a brilliant game overall. Um, obviously, yeah, cool, second half faded off a bit, but I mean, 
he's still putting Amanda match performance for me. That was a that was a great performance. I think Arteta is doing well as well to protect him because I think even towards the back end of the lockdown games, he wasn't starting. He didn't start in the cup final. It's almost like he knows how good of a player he can be, but he doesn't want to give him too much too soon. Mm. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I really like the look of um, Arteta's Arsenal so far. Um, yeah, I can't let he's and yeah. They they, they are good. I think um, going back to the game where we sort of started to break them down Klopp changed the system a little bit mm. he went 4-2-4-2 four, two, four, two. Mm. sorry Klopp changed the system but he went 4-2-4 four, four, which is I mean we've never seen that before he <laughs> went with Firmino and Salah up top yeah. brought on Minamino and put him wide left and mm. changed Mane to wide right mm. and it worked well because I think it was from that passage of play with Minamino on the left yeah. cutting inside and Salah from the right drifting in we got a bit of luck when the ball bounced him in the middle in the box, but it was an excellent finish. And, yeah. But in the two games you've played Martinez, he's been excellent and I've struggled to see how we're going to make a way past him. But Minamino with an excellent finish, side footed it, opened his body up, done really well. But apart from that, I thought Martinez was really, really good um, overall across the game. Yeah. Arsenal have a bit of question marks as to what they're going to do, whether they yeah. keep him or whether they sell him on capitalise on his perceived value now mm. and just stick with Leno. But yeah. what would you do in that situation? Um I'm always in I'm always in favour of rewarding the person that's in form. And I feel um in a situation where for example Leno obviously Arsenal's number one gets injured, Martinez comes in and he plays well. As far as I'm concerned, that's Martinez's spot to keep until for further notice. Especially where in my opinion, Leno isn't so clear that it's like we're not talking about Alison Becker and Adrian here. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. We're talking about two goalkeepers who are of similar, of similar ability and similar kind of whatever. And it's just by by whatever that Leno's in. Because I think Martinez was even brought in to eventually be a number one, but I don't know why. I think like that this was pre um, Arteta and pre Emery. I think yeah. he's been at the club for quite a while. Yeah. And he's just never had an opportunity to play. Exactly. But then that states the case. You've been at the club for 10 years you've had opportunities in training, you've gone mm. out on loan. So why has no one trusted you mm. until now, until someone got injured? Mm. But I think it, it's harsh because a lot of Arsenal fans that I've heard from have said Leno was one of their shining stars mm. prior to him getting injured. Mm. So it's almost like if you're putting in a potential, maybe not player of the year, but close to player of the year performance for your team mm. and then you get injured and the team drop you, it's almost like, <laughs> what do you want from me? Like, yeah. I've shown you what I can do when I'm playing. Yeah. It, it, it's tough. But yeah. um, I think goalkeeper always seems to be that position as well that you, that people seem to be afraid to kind of switch up. Every, like, chop and when, change, yeah. Do you get what I mean? Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm one of those. If you've got a good goalkeeper, play him. Yeah. If you've got a backup, he has to understand my role in this team mm. is to be first man in if there's an issue. Yeah. But my role in this team is to sit on the bench. Yeah. And that's what, good goalkeeper struggle with yeah. because um, Emi Martinez can play in the Premier League quite easily Yeah, but does he love Arsenal enough to sit on the bench for them that's the question yeah 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 but hey, we'll see how that plays out anyway um, I almost forgot that the game actually finished 1-0 all this talk and I'm, I'm thinking that like Arsenal, Arsenal Arsenal won the game clear yeah. but it went to funnies didn't it yeah and <laughs> I think to be fair after we got the goal for about five minutes or so it looked like we might go on and get a second mm. uh, Mane had a chance which again um, Martinez saved well yeah. but then from there um, Arteta made a couple of subs and Arsenal actually finished strong yeah. like they finished the game off um, with a Willock header yeah. who he should he? Head, headed wide he should have done a bit better yeah. I'm not really sold on him like Neither I think Ar fan, I, I think Arsenal fans are starting to accept him for what he is which mm. is like he's got good energy good athleticism but he doesn't really do much yeah. he's just a player which is what I kind of thought Ainsley Maitland-Niles was mm. for a while um, I think you alluded to it earlier he got man in the match and I think he's got a bit more in his locker to his game than Willock mm. so um, I, mean, I mean I agree with that but then I, I still I still think Maitland-Niles kind of falls into that category for me of kind of he's just there um, but he, he's quite versatile as well like I think there's rumours of him going to Wolves for about 20 odd million so, yeah something like that but um, I, I personally wouldn't get rid of him but I'm interested to see what they do um, with their summer business and whether or not they let him go because I think Arteta's a fan of him because um, I know he was complaining before about playing right back 
yeah. um, under Emery. Mm. But then Arteta's come in and put him in midfield and trusted him to play midfield. So yeah. you can see that he kind of appreciates him. So yeah. I think if he can, he'll want to keep hold of him. Yeah, I think Arteta's been true to his word in the sense that, for the most part, in the sense of it's a clean slate kind of every season, if you like, or when he's come in, clean slate, new start to the season, yeah. clean slate. He's given everybody their fair chance, which I think is fair play. Yeah. Um, and I think that's genuinely why you see teams always pick up in performance when a new manager comes in, because you can see every player kind of now knows that places are up for grabs again. Yeah. Managers are coming in trying to see who who they fancy, who they don't fancy. And every player knows, okay, if I put in a shift now, I could get myself back into the first team or I could be a regular, I could stake my place in the team. That's why you generally see teams pick up performance four, five, six, maybe even a little bit longer um, in terms of performance and results after the new manager comes in, but then they start to tail off again. That kind of honeymoon period finishes because it's kind of, by then the manager kind of knows who his team is and the players that were fighting for the position have kind of reverted back to kind of going back into their shell and just like, oh, well, I didn't make the cut this time again or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I, I like what Arteta's doing now, so I'm not even going to lie to you. Yeah, and they get the win in the end um, via penalty shootout. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it was a good penalty shootout in terms of there's some good penalties in there. Yeah, well. But I don't want to say it's poor goalkeeping because it's always tough for a goalkeeper to save a penalty. I feel like the expectation is never on a keeper to actually save. No, but I, I, I mean, this is the first time I've really had an opportunity to see Alison Becker in a shootout mm-hmm. and I wasn't impressed. Like He went uh, the wrong way like every time. I, as good as a goalkeeper he is, he just doesn't inspire me for penalties now, mm. which is a bit sad, but mm. I mean, no one can be perfect. Mm. I think um, Sam Mignolet, um, he was a really good penalty saver mm. and Adrian did well in the Super Cup against Chelsea. So mm. I think I saw some things about maybe bring on Adrian for the penalty shootout, but I'm not really a big fan of that. Like, better than no, because then stuff for the penalty shootout. Or... I mean, we'll get onto that, but <laughs> I, I think whatever you do specifically for the penalty shootout, yeah. you live or die by it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's why clock is going to live and die by the decision yeah. or to bring on Brewster specifically yeah. for the penalties. I didn't mind the decision because Brewster's a, a lad with bags of confidence. You see the way he hit the penalty. Mm. He actually looked I, it. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. That does take confidence to hit it the way he hit it. And he, he tried, if it goes into the top of the top of the roof, <laughs> yeah. players yeah. are like, oh yeah, this is this is why Liverpool fans are raving about Brewster. But yeah. because it hit the crossbar, and it's not like he ballooned it over the bar. Mm. He hit the crossbar. He's still... I mean, technically it's off target by hitting mm. the crossbar, but it's still near enough on the target. Mm. But at least if you're going to bring him on, bring him on for a few minutes, that like the last five minutes, get him, let him get a bit of a run around, get his legs under him before mm. just going to the penalty spot. So I think it was kind of harsh um, from Klopp, but I do like the fact that he also brought on Curtis Jones again a few minutes earlier mm. and he coolly started away his penalty. Yeah. I really like Curtis Jones. I really like him. Yeah, you, you seem to love off these... Um these youngsters you seem to have coming through. I think it's because because we've sh- struggled for so long mm. where we've had youngsters who they've been the next great hype and they've just fallen off. It's almost like now we've got some who are the, the truth and the real deal, like Trent Alexander-Arnold. Everyone who comes through now, you're just excited again. It's like, yeah, it could just be the one. But what I don't get is like, for example, City, right? They're obviously, their youngster coming through is, um, is Phil Foden, obviously. Yeah. Played, Couple games here in the last season featured a lot more this season, right? Uh, Greenwood at United, for example, featured quite a bit this season. Your youngsters, bro, Curtis Jones, this one that you're running and raving about, was brought on post you winning the um, winning the league just so he can get his fifth appearance, so he can pick up his medal. Like, surely if these guys are that; they should be playing a few more games than they're playing. They played all the cup games, so against Everton's perceived second team mm. and our youngsters, he lost that game Fair, scored a winning okay. goal so it's I've seen him against good quality opposition where I've said actually he trusts himself he mm. backs himself and obviously he's just dominating the under 23s he was the under 23s or Premier League 2 player of the season mm. so he, he he's got the talent it's just about because we're so good we're fighting for the league he's not quite there yet to start for us Yeah, and that's what the problem is where you're at a big club but I think Klopp trusts him enough that he's going to bleed him in in the sort of Lallana role this season so the mm. games that Lallana would have got or the sub-appearances that Lallana would have got that's going to be Curtis Jones now. Mm. so I think I don't think this will be his breakout year but I think we'll see a lot more aiming for 10 to 15 games from this season and Fair. I'd say three or four goals couple assists Fair. that'll be a decent return for him Fair. Fair enough. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not mad at that. But your King Brewster, don't know about that one. Anyway, we move. So after Curtis Jones's um, penalty, brought it to four four. But obviously the advantage was with Arsenal because Brewster 
hit a crossbar, as we've uh, as we've spoken about. Um, Aubameyang steps up. The only reason I bring that up is because with Aubameyang, every time I've seen him take a penny, I've just he just does it. If I was an Arsenal fan, I would actually my heart would be in the back of my throat anytime Aubameyang stepped up to take a penny because he just does. He never looks confident ever. I messaged my boy and I was like, "Obba stepping up." What, what are you saying? He diligently waited until after the penalty <laughs> to respond. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he slotted at home, obviously, to, to, to get Arsenal the win, 5-4 on penalties. So congratulations to Arsenal. Uh, can you join me in congratulating Arsenal? Yeah, congratulations uh, to Arsenal. I think the only thing I don't like um, about Oba stepping up last is that if you're the perceived talisman, unless he doesn't back himself to score a penalty, I want you to be in the first three. Those are the key penalties. So I, I'm not a fan of keeping your best player. Like I think there was a couple of years ago when there was a Madrid penalty shootout where Ren- say Ronaldo was going to step up last because he, he wants the glory. He wants mm. the winning penalty. But for me, you could be out of it at that point. You, yeah. you need to give yourself a chance to win. Yes, it's a pressure penalty, but if you don't score in the first three, then yeah. you're out of it. You could potentially be out of it. So I, I guess for me... I would have taken more responsibility, maybe taking the third or the fourth penalty because mm. it's still a key penalty. Yeah. But in the end, it worked out and yeah. it was a nice touch um, when he actually scored his goal. He did the Black Wakanda Panther, forever, yeah. the Wakanda Forever in rest memory in of Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, yeah. Um, obviously, that. rest in peace to him. Yeah. I don't mean to uh, go to another, I did this last week as well, so I apologise, but I'm going to do it again this week. Lewis Hamilton, after he secured pole position, did the same thing stepped out of his car and did the Wakanda forever. And in his interview, he said, at the end of it, he said, Wakanda forever, which nice touch. Obviously everyone's showing their- uh, their Love and appreciation. Love and appreciation for Chadwick Boseman and what he did. So may his soul rest in peace. Amen. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a, I mean, for the neutrals, it was a good game in the end anyway. I thought I enjoyed it. I was a bit upset that it didn't go to extra time, but hey, what can you do? Fun fact. Did you know that community shields used to be shared? What do you mean? As in, if the game ended in 1-1 draw, mm. the, the community shield would be shared. Really? Yes. The l- last that. time that happened was in 1991, and the two teams were Arsenal and Tottenham. <laughs> and guess, <laughs> guess, guess what? year before that was Liverpool and United. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's jokes. No, I'd, I'd, mate, I'll scrap it out for that. I'd be like, nah. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, I'm not having this. Shared community shield. <laughs> yeah, that's mad. And there, there, another fun fact for you. Go on. There's only three teams whose only win is a shared effort. As in? They've won the community shield, but only in a shared fashion. Spurs? Nope. Blackburn Rovers? Nope. <laughs> um, how far back are you going? Oh, some oh, of them, yeah, some yeah. some of them are way far back. Yeah, I was gonna say because obviously this shared business was quite back anyway. I mean, am I realistic? Nottingham Forest. No. All right, go on. It is Portsmouth, West Ham, and Aston Villa. Pres- oh yeah, they're all within FA Cup minutes, then, isn't it? Prom- presumably, presumably so. On that, actually, I've got a relatively interesting one on that. I think in the last, um, excluding two thousand and nineteen where City kind of were double winners and I think they won the league and the FA Cup. Um, the winners of the FA Cup have beaten the league champions in four out of the last five. Well, actually, it's now five out of the last six Community Shields. And so, yeah. So generally speaking, in recent history, the FA Cup winners look like the ones that will win the Community Shield. I don't know if it's a sign of kind of, you know, obviously before the game, it was kind of perceived that for Liverpool, this is a supreme match friendly and for Arsenal, um, you hear Arteta saying this is a cup final. I wonder if there's something in that in, because I, I always say it. it, it so so to cut you, it's almost, it's almost like they're Wembley's fresh in their memories, mm. fresh from the FA Cup victory. Yeah, it's almost like we've been here before, we've been on this pitch, we want to do it again, we want yeah. that feeling again. Whereas for the Premier League champions, they've won it either at their ground or an opponent's ground mm. and had the celebrations at home. It's almost like a day out, but not one day necessarily prepared for. It's a yeah obligation. And I wonder if... Um, the community shield is, it will be kind of more like a cup vibe because I feel like you obviously need a different mentality to win a cup than you do to win a league, right? Because a league, I'd argue, is harder to win than a cup is. Um, so they probably come in with, obviously having won a cup, they've got that, we know how to get through 
grind through a result type of mentality. I'm not saying Liverpool don't, but I'm just saying in terms of going into that particular game, obviously coming in FA Cup winners, I feel they probably have that mentality that this one game they know is is now or kind of never. Let's get it done. So yeah, maybe that's yeah, well, that's an interesting one. And then also Arsenal have actually won eight out of ten of their Community Shield appearances, which is quite a good return. Cool, interesting facts there. There you go. So do you have any Spain you trivia for this, this week? Um, no, nah, that was it to be honest. No, cool. <laughs> that, that was that was my trivia. no 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 worries there. I, I've I've got my thinking brain on anyway. But I'm I'm what am I two for one, one for two, one uh, for one, two two for one. What do you mean two for one though? As in you've asked three questions and, and I've got, got two, two right. right. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We might want to mark that down, like keep a scoreboard. I'm not going to do that. What? Next week, you're nil for nil as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, blank new slate. slate. New slate. Blank exactly. Arteta. Slate. New slate. <laughs> new season. Okay. <laughs> so moving on now, we've got a season preview ahead of the Premier League start on the 12th of August. So we're going to go through the first 10 teams in the league. Then next week, we'll hit the next 10 teams. So we're going to go through an alphabetical order. And speaking of Arteta's Arsenal, they are first up with AFC Bournemouth being relegated last year. Arsenal have returned to the top of the perch. Could be the only time they are at the top of the perch this season. <laughs> That's a little shot for my Arsenal fans out there who've been complaining about the banter we've been sending their way. I, I don't even think we've got into it that much no, yet. I, we we haven't. That's the I, I think I think it's going to get worse, but we but actually haven't. That's the wickedest thing. Where do you think they're going to finish this season? Um, I think this season, as we kind of alluded to, with Arteta coming in, drastically changing the mentality of the squad that he's got there bringing in a couple of signings who look like they're going to be first team players like Saliba, the centre-back, which obviously they, they, they need. Um, Willian coming in as well, which I think is a good sign-in. Um, as I alluded to, uh, Saka looking like he's 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 definitely been playing well towards the back end of last season. Um, Aubameyang that they can keep. And people like Pepe, for example, who obviously first season in the league, decent enough return from him if he, if he kicks on and, and plays, uh, performs well next season. I think Arsenal have something good going on, taking all of that into consideration. Where do I think they're going to finish? I don't think it will be enough for a top four finish. Um, I'm going to go fifth. I'd, I'd actually agree with that. I, I had him down as fifth. I think mm. based on what I've seen from Arteta and the assumption that they do keep Aubameyang, I think he'll he'll be in the goals for them this season. Mm. Saka, another year under his belt. Pepe, like I say, another year under his belt. And they're making defensive signings. I mean, they're rumoured to be signing I mean, Gabriel. Yeah. And they've also got Saliba coming in. Yeah. David Luiz has looked improved under Arteta towards has, the back yeah. end after that calamity show against Man City. It was questionable when he was given that extra deal, isn't it? That extra, that extension, should I say, to be yeah. sure. But, but um, I think, again, Arsenal fans, put your faith in Arteta. And I think while you're missing just a little bit to break into the top four, I feel... I think you'll do well and you'll get a strong fifth place finish with hopefully more investment next year to then finish in the top four. Yeah. Next thing we're going to review is the boys that we've got very, very lucky to even still be in this conversation right now. I very lucky to still be in the Premier League. Aston Villa, what are your thoughts? To be honest, they've, they've still got Grealish at the moment. Obviously yeah. the Premier League is, or the transfer windows open till October, but I don't really see any rumours about him leaving. Yeah. So I think they will keep hold of him. Although we're linked with him, but we're linked with... Pretty much everyone at yeah. the moment. <laughs> it's, it's just a case of slow news days, so let's link yeah. someone to United. Sorry, for those who don't know, when I say, when me, Spainy says we, I'm talking about Man United. So um, I don't really see them surviving another season mm. I, I have them finishing 19th mm. they've only made one signing at the moment which is Ben Christine mm. and he's one for the future young 16 year old midfielder but to be honest a lot of last season they relied heavily on Grealish yeah. and not to say that he won't have a good season I think he'll do his bit mm. but I just don't see where outside of that the goals are going to come from yeah. I think um, John McGinn luckily came back towards the end of the season he looks yeah. good I, I like him as a player I've always yeah. liked him as a player he's a good player but I just don't see enough goals in the team to keep no. them up. And uh, yeah, I mean Wesley, Samata, the, the, they're not Keelan Davis. It's just yeah. not good enough to be honest. And no. I see them falling short. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. Especially a, a, a squad like Aston Villa. Unfortunately for them, obviously last season they went gun ho when it came to signings. Um, didn't work out. For, well, 
arguably it did because they survived but again obviously very controversially and arguably shouldn't have survived um they can't obviously take that approach again this season dean smith really has to kind of knuckle down and and he needs to get the team in order to steady the ship a bit but I don't necessarily see that happening, especially if they don't kind of bring in extra players that are going to help Jack Grealish and take the burden off Jack Grealish's back. Because yeah, as you said, he's doing far too much there. Yeah. And he yeah. needs to stay fit the whole season. Yeah. I mean, most far player in the Premier League. So yeah. there's, there's always going to be a risk there. Yeah. If he goes down, it's curtains. Yeah. Absolutely curtains. Definitely. So next team on the list is Brighton and Ove Albion. Mm-hmm. I have them down for finishing 14th. So the reason I think they're going to do it I mean, perceivably well, is I really rate the manager. Graham Potter, mm-hmm. love his story, and he's been solid. Every time we've played them, and when I say we, I mean Liverpool, yeah. they've looked good. And I think their key man will be Trossard. Towards the back end of lockdown, um, every game I saw him play, he looked really, really dangerous. Yeah. I think he got five goals and six assists yeah. in total last season for them. Yeah, but they've sure. also signed Lalana and Veltman. So yeah. Veltman from Ajax, defender, can play right back or centre back. Um, he'll be solid. But also Lalana, I think, although towards the back end of his Liverpool career, it was almost like he was the forgotten man. Mm. People forget that in Klopp's first season he was probably one of our best players mm. and for Bournemouth he's been excellent in yeah. previously I think at Brighton's level he'll be able to take over games a bit more yeah. as long as he can stay fit he'll be a great addition to their team and yeah. ultimately I see him finishing 14th yeah um, yeah I think Lalana could be key for them um, it's obviously a player of that quality going there would do will do wonders for a team like Brighton um, Lewis Dunk has also just signed on extra five years as well. Five years, that's yeah. a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, a long time. But I think that 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 kind of says a lot in terms of the stability they're looking for. Yeah. Which um, would help, as you said, Graham Potter's story is, is pretty uh, phenomenal as well. So, yeah, I'd say there or thereabouts. Um, I don't think they'll be pushing top half of the league. I, they're not going to be in that. They're not going to be relegation zone by the end of the season. So I'd say, yeah, 15th, 16th for me. So then next we have got Burnley. Burnley, Burnley, Burnley controversially flew the uh, that flag over over the stadium post lockdown, which Yeah, I mean I mean every every every, every fan base has idiots. I saw yeah. a video just now of uh, Barcelona fan cussing Messi, saying that we made you, you were nothing without us, you had wow. you had no money before us, and this bad gave you everything. So I mean there's idiots in every fan base. So wow. I, yeah. I, I won't put too much stock into that. Yeah. But in terms of the season, I see Burnley as the line. And what I mean by that is, you know how you have um, BC and AD, like before Christ and after death. Um, well, it's not actually after death, it's like after diosis or something, whatever. Oh, re listen right now. Say no more. But essentially, Burnley are the line. You mm. know they're going to be solid under Sean Dyche. Yeah. And I see them finishing at, in 10th. Yeah. Like, they, they might, they sometimes start slow, but they always find the feet and find the form. And mm. really it's the spine that's key for them. So Tarkovsky, Ben Mee, Nick Pope, that back line, I think Nick Pope won the Golden Glove last year. Yeah. If they can maintain that sort of defensive stability, then they'll be fine. I mean, yeah. they haven't won, or sorry, they haven't signed anyone, which not, isn't necessarily a problem because... Not for Burnley, I wouldn't say no. Yeah. Um, no, so... <sighs> I don't see them performing better mm. than expectations. I just see them, like I said, being the line, yeah. being solid at the back, yeah. grinding out results, getting enough points and 10th is a solid finish for them. Yeah, fair. I mean, I don't actually have much to add to that. I, I genuinely actually agree. <laughs> I genuinely agree with that. Is that because you just don't really like Burnley? I don't like Burnley. <laughs> so yeah, I, do, I don't spend much time uh, entertaining Burnley, unfortunately. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, depending on kind of how big we grow and, and where our fan base gets to, I don't know if that's, that could offend a few people in the future, but I don't know any Burnley fans at the moment. Could potentially have Burnley fans listening in the future, but... I actually worked with um, one of the goalkeeping coaches at Burnley. Interesting. Yeah, in my days um, working for a sportswear company. Mm. Um, we actually worked together and he then left and was football coaching... Um, New Zealand for a while for okay. I think the New Zealand women's team and now he's I think he's an under 23s coach or developmental coach at Burnley so um, yeah great guy um, German guy and Fair. yeah so that's my Fair. that's my claim to fame or <laughs> my um, protection of Burnley like I always be protecting them because of my good guy <laughs> Fair enough 
I'm not mad at you for that. On to the next team, which is Chelsea. Chelsea. Abramovich has opened a checkbook again. Boy. He has been splashing the cash. But you know what I realised? Obviously, when they sold Hazard and... I can't remember who else is sold. Basically, they made a couple of big money signings and obviously with the transfer ban, haven't been able to spend. And so the big money signings, plus the fact that they haven't been able to spend in the past two or however long it was, yeah. transfer windows, they've probably got a healthy kitty that they're, they've definitely been. But mm. the thing is, I say that, but then the two of their signings have been free transfers. Yes. Thiago Silva and... Uh, so, so yeah, been free transfers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, 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 they still splash the cash, yeah. especially yeah, yeah. relative to... Coronavirus, COVID, where mm. teams are feeling the pinch. Mm. I mean, obviously, Abramovich isn't feeling the pinch as much. Yeah. But um, they've signed Hakim Ziyech. Obviously, that was before. Yeah. Um, that feels like an eternity. You're going it it, it doesn't seem like it's a summer signing, but it technically counts. Yeah. Timo Werner during lockdown. Again, it doesn't feel like a summer signing, but that counts. <laughs> and they've now signed Thiago Silva. Saar, as you mentioned, he's been loaned back. Yeah. Chilwell from Leicester. Yeah. And rumoured to sign or rumoured to be signing Havertz. Um, that's not quite over the line as of yet, but I'm expecting that to go through as well. I've also heard on that, sorry, I've also heard that they put in the, uh, a bid, I think an 18 million euro bid for Ren's keeper, um, Eduard Mendy. I've not heard that. I, th- I heard they've been linked with Donnarama from Milan. Oh, really? But I think that'd be a bigger money move and yeah. I'm not sure I see that big splash. Mm. But again, it's clear that they want another keeper because Kep- Kepper ain't it. He's not it at all. Kepper's not it. But I'm I'm excited for Chilwell because I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you. I'm just making it sound like this is some big secret. I don't know if I've ever, we've had, ever had this conversation, shall I say, but I have never been a fan of Marcus Alonso. Yeah, I think we think we, we mentioned it previously yeah. where he, he's he got quite a few goals. Sometimes mm. he's, he the things he does well aren't the things you want from your left back. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And defensively, he's not really great. Mm. But back post headers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the occasional free kick as well. It, it, it's incredible. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. So key man for me, I think, is Christian Pulisic. I was torn between picking Hakim Ziyech and him. But I think just because Pulisic has been in the league for a year now, he's got used to his physicality. And he's almost got that Hazard-esque presence where he gets on the ball and teams are a bit afraid of him. Mm. And then when he came on against Liverpool um, back end of last season there was a bit more fear in the teams and he he was pivotal to two of the goals that they scored. So I think he's going to be key to what they do this season. But I think like they've, they've, they've made the signings to potentially pull them into a title race, mm. but I think they're going to finish third. And why <laughs> I say that is I think they're going to finish third in spite of Lampard. Yeah. So I think Lampard showed some good things in his first season, but I think he's still too green at the top level. And I think he still reacts to things rather than tries to dictate things his way. Yeah. And I think that will let them down in a few occasions and it will just be star power that drives them through and finishes third. The reason I'm laughing, I know on the camera you can't see this, but the reason I'm laughing is because I don't want everyone to just sit there and say, oh, I'm just agreeing with you. I genuinely had third down there as well. So, yeah, no, I agree. I think um, Chelsea are going to be a force to, um, like this season, I wasn't worried about Chelsea. And that was obviously shown in our results, particularly in the league and the and the League Cup against them. Um, but next season, I will be worried about them. Yeah, I think they have got something to build on. Lampard has now been able to sign players. He's got he's bringing because obviously last season he was very much work with a lot of players that were out on loan, like Championship clubs the season before. Yeah. Um. Whereas this year they've now got players like sort of Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, who have now got the extra years experience in the Premier League. Pulisic, as you said, extra years experience or a years experience in the Premier League now. Lost his cheek as well, back from injury. Yeah. Hudson Odoi back from injury. Yeah. So th- th- there's talent there. Yeah. But I-, I just think it's just a management thing which will hold them back from really pushing on the title race. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. So I mean, I agree. Um, yeah, Chelsea, of course, to look forward to it. Forced to look out for next season, should I say? Right. The next we've got uh, Crystal Palace, my local team. Technically, um, they're literally only fifty minute walk from me. Oh, so, didn't, yeah. didn't know that. I yeah. do know that I passed them on the way to get into your house, so or get into the studio. But yeah, so uh, yeah, my local club, Crystal Palace. What, what are your thoughts? To be honest, I was I wanted to put them lower. Like I, I have them finish sixty finishing sixteenth. I wanted them to be a bit lower, but then I think yesterday they signed Ebri Ezi. Mm. 
and I'm I'm a big fan of signing. I'm a big fan of signing. He was playing for QPR. He's pretty much, from what I've seen of him, the new Zahar. So it's almost like they're future-proofing themselves where we've got Zahar for maybe another couple, two, three seasons yeah. at the top level. And just after that, we've got Ebriyazi to come in and do the exact same thing because he's that type of player who'll get on the ball, dribble past players. I think he was in the one of the best dribblers in the championship from last season. Mm. And it'll be interesting to see if he can do it in the premiership. But... I, I, I have the faith that he's got that star quality and that flair to, to be able to do it. So having that or Zaha on one wing and Ezzy who can either play um, attacking midfield central or out on the right or on the left, so all across the forward line in a sense, mm. having him there will add that extra bit of thinking that teams will have to account for and help them find a few more goals. So I think yeah. that's what they like. Just Hodgson, Hodgson keeps them defensively sound but it's just the goals and you can't just rely on Zaha so now yeah. having a bit of that burden taken off him will help them but I still don't see him finishing higher than 16th to be honest interesting um, I think so I'm not even going to front like I pay a lot of attention well I, I keep an ear out or an eye out should I say but I don't follow the championship do you get yeah. what I mean that's why when someone like Calvin Phillips gets a call to the English but I'm like who even is this guy yeah. do you get what I mean uh, that's probably one thing I'll say to myself this season. This is a note to self, by the way, but I'm saying next season I will probably actually start following and making sure I, I keep on top of what's going on in the championship because obviously you get some bright sparks in there and clearly this is one of them. Um, somebody, all I'd like to say, this is not somebody that I can pretend I've seen play, that I know much about, but as you've alluded to and I've seen in the press about him, there is hype around him. And as you say, if Crystal Palace can add another prong to their attack because it is kind of similar to Aston Villa as we alluded to with Jack Grealish, Crystal Palace rely quite a bit on Zaha and if Zaha's not performing then you they don't really see much from them yeah. um, if they can add another prong in that in that in that sense then that can only do favours for them I think I've got them ever so slightly higher maybe about 13th I know they finished 14th this season so similar to where they finished maybe maybe highest 12th the reason I say that is because their post lockdown form was just atrocious I think they won one game post lockdown which in a normal season you'd probably argue isn't really going to be where Crystal Palace is at I think you probably expect a few more draws in there and then probably the odd couple more wins um, so to be kind of kind to them um, I'm going to put them highest 12th but I'll say 13th fair uh, I mean yeah I think when I was looking at um, putting my table down mm. I was just looking at the teams above them and think there's just a bit more about them, which mm. is why they just kept slipping and slipping yeah. for me. But I do also like Ferguson. They signed Ferguson from West Brom. Mm. I think obviously West Brom are going to miss him, <laughs> but he's another young prospect from the championship. Mm. He can play right back, centre back and got a bright future as well. So yeah. they, they've, they've signed some good young English talent. So next up, you've got crosstown rivals for my team, Everton. So, I mean, they, as of yet, they haven't made any signings of note they've mm. signed um, a left back from Marseille on Konku mm. but um, the rumours are that he's one for the future going to be yeah going to be playing with the under 23s this season so mm. I mean and plus they've got Lucas Digne so he's not mm. really going to be starting anytime soon but I do see them having a better season this year Everton and I see them getting ninth I think they'll be in the mix of the best of the rest all down to Ancelotti um, I mean, Ancelotti's not necessarily the best league manager. He's a, more of a cup manager. But they showed bits and pieces under Ancelotti towards the back end of the season. Yeah. And I think they'll be a bit more solid going forward. That's the thing he'll bring to them, solidity. Yeah. And I think they're going to rely heavily on Richarlison again. If Calvert-Lewin, because the goal sort of dried up, like he... he under Ancelotti started scoring initially but then they sort of dried up towards the end if yeah. he can get scoring again and they continue with the two up top it will be a threat to teams because yeah. they're never an easy team to play no. it's just a case of they sort of lose their way a bit and they've tried tried it with the the Roberto Martinez's the Marcus Silvers that's play attractive football but they need to get back to their roots and the David Moises and just be solid yeah. and then just see where it goes from there so, so did you say ninth? yeah yeah because <laughs> I think, yeah, again, probably similar, only because obviously if you look at the start of their season under Marco Silva, terrible start. Yeah. I think they only won like three in the last, in the first 15 games or so. Game got sapped up by Liverpool. I mean, that's irrelevant information, but okay. It was what got Marco Silva the sack. It's also, I mean, that one result isn't what got him the sack, but 
so irrelevant information but anyway as I was saying um, yeah terrible start by Marco Silva obviously um, Duncan Ferguson obviously you know the, the club seem to like these ex-players coming in that type of stuff comes in steadies the ship a little bit I think he actually went unbeaten in his time there um, but he did steady the ship do you get what I mean obviously yeah. paved the way for Carlo Ancelotti probably a bit more confidence in the team by the time Ancelotti's coming in and as you've mentioned Carlo Ancelotti's obviously a great manager someone I think he's won three Champions Leagues with three different teams and he's managed some of the best teams in the world. I was a bit surprised when Carlo Ancelotti came in for that reason. I think similar to kind of Rafa Benitez going to Newcastle, given their credentials to go to kind of, because Rafa Benitez ended up managing the championship, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So it's when like, they got relegated. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the point I'm making is, um, yeah, I was a bit surprised, but obviously Carlo Ancelotti came in and obviously steadied the ship a bit. So taking the first 15 games out of it and saying, okay, that was kind of not reflective of, um, Everton across the whole season although you could probably argue that it's basically half their season so arguably is but given the way they turned their fortunes around towards the um, second half of the season you'd, I'm arguing that it's not reflective of their season um, you would have to argue, or it would be difficult to argue the point that they won't be kind of as you suggested best of the rest or kind of obviously because they, they finished 12th last season and when you look at it, as you kind of just alluded to the teams above them Southampton, Burnley Southampton I'd probably say next season they, they'll do a they'll outperform um, who else you got there so, I mean so yeah I think you've got ninth sounds about right to me yeah for Everton basically uh, we have got <laughs> new, new boys you know, okay. You know what? Disclaimer. I'm gonna put it out there from now. <laughs> I, I wasn't even gonna bring it up, but now Nan's bringing it up to prevent himself being flames on the on the podcast. Like he, he could tell. I just looked at him, and he could tell. Because and the funny thing is, it's the thought that was going through my mind. Oh my gosh! Let me just sip a bit of water uh, before I. So, <laughs> all right. Let, let, let me. Okay. So, for those who don't know, um, obviously, I'm a United fan. Always have been, always will be. You know, United till I die. <laughs> but I went through a, a, a moment of of madness, a bit of a moment of frustration. Okay, and I acted out of frustration. Uh, the, the year is circa two thousand and thirteen. I think yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. The year is circa two thousand and thirteen. Uh, I was actually at Craven Cottage watching a um, Fulham Everton game. Fulham, I think, lost the game like three one to Everton. But the significance of that day is it is the same day we got absolutely spanked by City 6-1. At this point, I was like, actually, no, it could have been 2013. Because first thing is when we last won the league. So it was probably like 2012. Yeah, 11-12 season. Yeah, it was probably like 2012 then. Um, so yeah, circa 2012. I'm at Craven Cottage watching the uh, Fulham Everton game. And uh, I'm hearing via Sky Sports or whatever that we're getting absolutely spanked by by City. Obviously, go watch match of the day that night. And yeah, David Silva half volley through ball. They absolutely played us off the park. And that day, for some reason, I just rage. I messied and I rage quit. I was like, no, fuck this. I'm not supporting United again. I don't know why I was so angry. And I think I was, I was just quite, because I was just at Craven Cottage that day. I felt, because obviously Craven Cottage is not local, but it's not far. Do you get what I mean? Um, I was just like, oh, I was in a bit of busking and a bit of Craven Cottage kind of vibes or whatever. So for the next for the next like four months, I I, I was telling people I was a Fulham, I was a Fulham fan. The, 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 the WhatsApp display pitch got changed. <laughs> it, he, he went all, he went full Fulham. He basically went full Fulham. So basically, you can't lose six one, but you can lose three one. That's that that's the moral of the story. Like honestly. <laughs> We can laugh about it now, but... Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, we say all that to say. The yeah. next team on the list is Fulham. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Fulham, a team that have my heart, but not yeah. quite not quite, <laughs> not quite, quite there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I see them finishing bottom of the power, to mm. be honest. I don't think they have enough quality. Um, they're going to rely heavily on Mitrovic, who, for me... He scored goals in the championship. He's proved he he's a championship level player. Mm. 
but I don't think he has A, the temperament or B, the skill to really dominate in the Premier League. Mm. And that's where they'll fall short of on goals. I think um, they've only made a couple of signings. Knockout, who was on loan last season, they made that official. And they signed Robinson, who's a young left back, or sorry, uh, under 23 left back for mm. United States. Mm. But I mean, Joe Bryan, who scored both your goals, is playing left back. So yeah. he's only coming in as backup, really, unless they put, put Joe Fan or push Joe Bryan a bit forward, further mm. forward. But yeah, I just don't see where the goals are going to come from. The games I watched was the back end of the season um, when they came back from um, like the break. I wasn't really that impressed by them. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I like Scott Parker. I'm mm. glad he's doing well. I'm glad they got back up. But mm. I see them as a new yo yo team. Similar yeah. to West Brom, where it'll just be up and down, up and down. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's particularly, obviously, the last season, two seasons ago, when they were when they were in the Prem, I think their their bright spark and everybody that was the the person that everybody was going on about was obviously Sessegnon. He obviously got snapped up by Spurs, so he's gone. I mean, you probably argue, obviously, going down to the Championship that doesn't matter, but coming back into the Prem, you're going to need players of that kind of ilk to to kind of do it for you. They've got a couple players in there that I like the look of, but I think when it comes to Premier League football, they are ultimately just going to be quite basic players. Mm. Um, I quite like their skipper. I can't remember his name now. Kearney. Yeah, I quite like Kearney. Um, and yeah, as you said, Mitrovic is kind of going to be their 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 target man who needs to be on form. Um, and keep his head. Mm. and keep his head yeah and that's yeah that's a big thing <laughs> I saw a joke online that um, with VAR Mitch Rich is probably going to get not get away with a lot of the things he gets away with <laughs> in the championship Boy. yeah so um, yeah unfortunately I would have to agree I don't see particularly because of how bad they were when they were in the Premier League two years ago I, I don't see it's easy to say oh yeah but obviously championship but again, they made it through the playoffs. They didn't make it through the um, the league. Through, yeah, but, through. But automatic. that's the same. That they fell off towards the end. And yeah, they just didn't look good to me. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they played prior to that. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, they they got up in the end. Which yeah, most important, and they did well to beat Brentford because yeah. Brentford are a good team. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think they they're unfortunately going back down as well. Bottom of the pile. So we've got. Well, so we've already got two teams that we're predicting going down. Yeah. On to the next team, <laughs> which is Leeds United. So, did you support Leeds United at any point? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I did not. So, so we're good on that. So, this is, I guess, my sort of hipster pick, mm. just because I, I like Marco Bielsa. Like, I, I can't wait to see him versus Lampard again this season. <laughs> but so he's he's done some really good things in football. Obviously, he was the Chile manager um, when they were doing quite well mm. and he, he's sort of been around the block and he likes to play his 3-5-2 he has his philosophy and his way of playing and although it was just a championship he had them playing good football mm. and I think he'll do that again and surprise a lot of teams mm. I think it'll be similar to um, Norwich this season where they actually try and play football mm. but I think he's just a bit more wily than Daniel Farker and he'll just have them a bit more compact mm. and a bit more defensively sound and with that being said I have them finishing 12th interesting so, their key man will be Calvin Phillips. Mm -hmm. As you said, I've, I'll be honest, um, I've seen him play uh, a couple of times now. I've been Im impressed enough to say, yeah, I can, I can see what people like about him. He's a tidy footballer. Mm. He, he, he can get up and down the pitch. But I've not been overly impressed to the point where it's like he's going to dominate the Premiership. Mm. But they need him to play well for them to perform well in the Premier League because he's going to be the engine in the middle of the park for me. Okay, yeah. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even going to lie again. As I said, uh, the championship wasn't really my forte last year, should I say. So I, I, I obviously Leeds won the championship, which I think is um, is uh, not something to take away from them. Um, Bielsa, I don't know much about him, but I've, I've read, obviously, I've read since they got promoted, obviously there were tons of articles about him and all this type of stuff. And I've read about his kind of meticulous way of of managing Planning, yeah. and, and yeah. I read a story that suggested that he once produced like an eight page report on like, like a, a third, third, third choice, choice goal goalkeeper or something. <laughs> yeah. It? yeah. And so I'm like, that is absolutely madness, but that's obviously somebody that knows what they're doing. And this yeah. is, this is kind of their bread and butter and this, they're not somebody to be, to be messed about with. I think though, 
so so let me not even front like I'm in a position to kind of be like, oh yeah, I think they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that. Um, but so uh, yeah, with Leeds, I'm not gonna lie, it's gonna be just hazarding and kind of a plucking a number out of there. I'm gonna go 16th. <laughs> I think they for, for me they've signed quite a lot of players. Mm. I'm not gonna pretend to know about all the players they've brought in. Um, the only one I do know a little bit about is Rodrigo, mm. who they've signed from Valencia. Mm. So obviously he's a Spanish international. He scored four goals in seven games last season for Spain, but he struggled for Valencia. Mm. He only got four goals and seven assists for Valencia in about 28, 29 games. But then it's probably a case of him playing out wide a little bit as well, mm. not necessarily playing as a leading man. At 29 years old, it could just be his last payday coming to the Premier League for to say I've played in the Premier League and just swanning off into the sun. Mm. Um, which is probably not going to be the case with a manager like Bielsa um, managing him. Mm. So I'm hopeful that he'll bag the goals for them and shoot them to 12th. But yeah, it, it, it depends on how he performs pretty yeah. much for me because um, Patrick Bamford is not it. <laughs> I, I mean, I really wanted to like him, but mm. he's just not it. He's yeah. just not it for me. Nah, fair, fair. So... To wrap up our uh, first 10 teams, 2020-2021 season preview, we have Leicester City, the boys who kind of capitulated towards the end of last season, um, despite having the league's top goal scorer in their ranks. Yes. What's your thoughts? I see them continuing the slide, to mm. be honest. I had them down as finishing eighth this season. Oh, wow. Okay. And the reason that is, is at present, they've signed nobody. Um, obviously, when they sold Chilwell to Chelsea, which is going to be a big loss for them, mm. um, they tried to get Jamal Lewis, who obviously Liverpool tried to sign as well. But um, um, Norwich still not budging at the £20 million yeah. pound asking price. So they've looked to have gone away from that. Mm. But to be honest, with Vardy being a year older, now with a golden boot under his belt, I'm not saying Vardy won't try, but he's done pretty much everything he's wa- he wants to do in football realistically. Mm. Mm. Is he still going to be getting all the goals that they need? Because without his goals, they would have fallen off completely. Yeah. Tielemans, full season under his belt now under Rodgers, he's not it for me. You don't think so? No, I don't think he's it. Um, Madison, good player, but he's not enough to lead Leicester. Mm. to a top or I mean top six finish again I don't think mm. Vardy I don't see him scoring as many goals a season mm. and that's where I think they struggle Kelechi not it Ozzy Perez yeah. not it and when I say not it these are good players yeah. but they're not enough to propel them into the top six for me okay fair now I, I think I have I have Leicester still top six although I do I, I, when I say when I agree with you in a sense of the 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 decline continues, sorry, I mean more from a standpoint of because obviously most of last season is spent in the top four or even top three yeah. for most of last season, right? And it capitulated towards the end. I feel like this season they're kind of consistently going to be laying around the fifth, sixth place mark. Do you get what I mean? Um, I think, I think, um, I, I think Vardy will still be there. I think because he's, he's been consistent. I think he's been consistent enough that, that he, despite having the golden boot, I think he he's quite a hungry person. He wants to kick on. He wants to, do you get what I mean? So I think Vardy will be there. But as you said, the loss of Chilwell, who was obviously quite a brass spot down their left side, putting in a few, uh, no, obviously putting in the good balls and stuff. Um, that's going to be a loss. They've got Ricardo down the right, who's a fantastic, he's, yeah. Tip Pip to be one of the best right backs in the year. Uh, they missed obviously you they, and I will probably <laughs> you and I will probably disagree with that. No, no, he, he's great. He's a great player. And they yeah. missed him towards the back end of the season Definitely when he was did. injured. So yeah. he, he'll he'll be back and make them a bit more solid and yeah. um, be more offensive going down. Because James Justin, I think, stepped too far to just chuck him in. He's still quite young, so he mm. could improve. But mm. um, Pereira will be an upgrade on that for them. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think. For me as well, obviously being a Liverpool fan and seeing Rodgers, he's quite stubborn. Mm. So he'll stick with what he thinks is going to work. Yeah. And I think that's what hurt them towards the back end of lockdown. Yeah. And I think that's what will slightly hurt them this season. Like, I think, I don't see him necessarily splashing the cash and saying, you know what, we this is where we're missing. Let's spend the money. I think he's yeah. going to say, you know what, we just fell off towards the end of the season. Just trust me. Let's do it all again and we're going to finish 
back in the top six or back in the top four. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that stubbornness is going to hurt them if they don't make a few signings. But we've still got another month to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, over a month, just about six yeah, weeks. There's, there's a bit of time left, <laughs> which, boy, there needs to be some activity because yeah. I will not be happy by the end of the transfer, <laughs> transfer period if there's not. I mean, Fulham has signed some people, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always a glimmer of hope. But no, so that is it for the first 10 teams in the season mm-hmm. preview so we will I can't even remember where I put everyone I'm going to have to re-listen to this and then write it down so I don't go start saying that <laughs> another two teams will get relegated next next week we, we, we <laughs> will be um, reviewing the next 10 next week and also going over any key signings which happened over the week mm-hmm. and then we will put together the full list of where we think the teams will finish put that out on the socials which you can follow us at the top bins pod so T-H-E-T-O-P <laughs> you can follow us at the top bins pod so t-h-e-t-o-p-b-i-n-s-p-o-d mm-hmm. and that is on instagram and twitter and you can also follow us at the top bins pod on soundcloud spotify and apple music facts and also google play if that's your <laughs> if that's your tickle facts but oh. thank you again for this week spainy merci beaucoup you see that's better french than your ah that you tried to do last week. I don't think I made the edit. It did, didn't it? It did. I'm pretty sure it did. I have no idea. Sometimes I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this this time it's going to be a normal time of editing, so it should be, you know. By the way, note to listeners now on that one, you just heard that Uncle Tass is the one that does the editing. So if you hear any, if everything always seems to be banter towards me, it's because he edits out anything. So I, don't worry, I plan to just stash up all his uh, his I'm, bloopers. I'm, I'm fair. I'm, I'm, I'm a fair editor. I'm a fair editor. <laughs> Fake news. I'm a fair Don't worry, editor. don't forget, I've got copies of everything as well. So I plan to just stash up all your bloopers. End of the season, I'm just going to drop a... <laughs> I'm going to drop a diss track and just have all of your stuff in there. <laughs> Fair enough. But hey, no, nah, I've, I've enjoyed this one. It's been good. Yeah. But thank you for joining us, listeners. Um, as said, follow us on the socials and we'll be back in your earwaves next week. Indeed. Peace. Peace. Thank you.